0: Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios. Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly.
1: Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is brought to you by Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Nationwide or worldwide, there will always be a Caesars Resort in the center of the action. Boost Mobile, everything you've always wanted in a mobile carrier. Buy Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, championship taste for lunch, dinner, or a pregame feast. Behind the Mask and behindthemask.com for all of your hockey needs on ice or in line. Buy OxyPow, our chemical free line of cleaning products, gets the funk out of your equipment or office. Visit us at OxyPow.com. UNLV Hockey, ACHA D1 Hockey, World Class City. Buy M Drive. Take our short quiz at mdriveformen.com and see which M Drive fits your lifestyle. Buy summer skates. Show off your team pride with shower shoes and koozies for the whole squad. Go to icetimehockeysw.com/partners and click on the summer skates banner. Buy Burrito Express. Six East Valley locations for great taste and great value. Go to BurritoExpress.com to find the location near you. And by the University of Arizona Wildcats. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh.
2: All right. Welcome in, hockey fans, ACHA hockey fans, WCHL hockey fans, WWCHL. Hockey fans, this indeed is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you tonight with a slightly raspy voice suffering from pneumonia uh, here in beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. Part of the uh, uh, culture of my life. (laughs) Uh, My co-host as always, Stephen Marsh, joining me uh, from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, how are you tonight? Well, it'll be be beautiful for... Uh, just
3: a while longer because tomorrow is supposed to be rainy here, and the temperatures are finally gonna drop, and it's gonna feel like winter here. But, um, but doing okay. Um, and we're just ready for another show here as uh, we continue to, the final week of, uh, I guess, of the season, so to speak, before the break, at least before the winter. The break, semester. Let's let's the call semester. it the final
2: weekend the week of, of the, the semester. Semester.
3: Final weekend of games for the semester. Yes, that's what we're trying
2: to say. I love it. Um lots of things going on. As you know, I was, uh, in, uh, Arizona, um, Friday at the University of Arizona for that big announcement. So, uh, then I, uh, unfortunately was diagnosed on Saturday with pneumonia and, um, been battling that a little bit. So, uh, I'm under, um, stay at home orders from my doctor <laughs> for a while. Uh, I'm glad to say that I am not hospitalized, which is, uh, A possibility with what I'm dealing with, but um, happy to be at home, happy to be back in Arizona and uh, thrilled of the news that I heard at the University of Arizona. So uh, my thought was I couldn't do justice down there this weekend with the Jeremy Golds jersey retirement and all that. So I said, how about if I invite the head coach from the University of Arizona, Chad Berman on now that all the bans on him and restrictions have been listed, uh, lifted and he can, uh, talk about it. So in about 10, 12 minutes or so, Chad Berman's going to join us and, uh, we'll have him on for the entire show to, to, uh, find out all this great news at Arizona.
3: Yeah. Well, great news for, for them. And of course, last week and also the next night they got to retire a Jersey with, uh, Jeremy Goltz. And, uh, and so that's, uh, it was a big weekend for Arizona wildcat hockey. So, uh, all right, and,
2: and uh, WCHL Hockey, here's what's left for the uh, the end of the semester. You've got a big series right in front of you at UNLV taking on uh, uh, Arizona State. Uh, some Jersey stuff was announced today. It's uh, it's always fun at UNLV because they never stop. Whether they're in first place, last place, fourth place, it doesn't matter. They continue to build their program and pump it up, and it's just so much fun. So we'll get into that, too, tonight. Um Also uh, down in Oklahoma, it's the rivalry series between UCO and Oklahoma, and everybody else in the conference is done. Uh, We were hoping for a game on Saturday night at uh, at Prescott Valley, that of course was canceled, unfortunately. So uh, that will not be happening. But what we do know, Stephen, is a new ranking came out today. And uh, normally I'm pretty tough on this. I'm I'm at the point right now where I'm pretty happy. Um, I'll, I'll give you two exceptions. But I'm pretty happy with where we're at um, all the way to number 15. And uh, uh, my one exception is, and I get it, uh, Minot State's only lost once, and that was to UNLV. But uh, I really believe that it should be Lindenwood, uh, UNLV, Minot State, Iowa State, Liberty. I I think they need to flip um, UNLV and Minot State uh, at least for a while until – until something shows otherwise. So I hope UNLV it, it can go out and get the, the job done this weekend and climb again. Um, but, you know, these polls are what they are. But your thoughts when you saw it today?
3: Yeah, you really aren't feeling well. You you, you didn't have really a lot of gripe with the polls like you have been the last uh, couple of weeks. But, um, you know, I, I, the ones that really matter are the ones at the end of the season. You know, I, when you kind of are in that top five, it really is – it really is really a uh, almost like a roll of the dice. Really, I mean, uh, you know, UNLV played a couple of games last weekend against Grand Canyon and and they won. Grand Canyon though, they did keep it tight for uh, well the first game for sure, and I think they even led at one point. And same with Saturday, but UNLV was able to weather that and and um, and be able to um, beat Grand Canyon, and, and, and you kind of. Wondered how that was going to be because UNLV is, of course, coming off the high of the Chicago Classic and then didn't play last week because of the Thanksgiving, the week before because of the Thanksgiving holidays. So, and then they're going to go to Grand Canyon, a team that they should beat for sure. And, but a tough place to play in Grand Canyon. And Grand Canyon has given teams fits at their place. I think it was their first loss this year at home that Grand Canyon had this past weekend, the losses that they had. So, Um, but, you know, UNLV is at number four. And I, I think, you know, I, I think that's right i mean iowa state's a good team minot state lindenwood they all are deserving of where they are um you know yeah i mean unlv has had beaten minot state and that's the only loss that they have so maybe they should be overtake them but you know you also got to look at the whole resume of, of of the season unlv has had three losses and they've beaten they've lost a couple of games to central oklahoma and you know so but of course a lot of it is how how you beat your teams too and the team and and with the gold differentials and everything, with the with the computer and the math, that is still complicated to this day, so. Yeah, yeah, don't um, tell
2: me about it. I don't want, don't, you're, you're starting to <laughs> well, you get my when blood you, When pressure you're not under now.
3: the weather, <laughs> when you're not under the weather, you have a hard time figuring it out. I can only imagine what it would be like to try to figure it out now with, with the condition that you're in. And,
2: and by the way, I was gonna open with I'm under the weather, but uh, my co-host last night, Paul Hornstein, told me that everybody's under the weather and it would be yeah. really cool to be above the weather.
3: <laughs> that's, that's true. Yeah, yeah. That's a good that's cool. idea. So, I, yeah, actually, I, I, got I thought about that place. when you brought the under the weather. Yeah, And I'm going <laughs> to be under put- some weather tomorrow with the rain, yeah.
2: But- uh, yeah, well, we're getting the same thing here. It's just we're going to get it about eight hours after you. So um, so anyway, when I look at it, this is why I'm not upset like normal. Um, Lindenwood, eleven oh 0 0 the only undefeated team that I see – uh, Got to be number one. And I guess Minot State, if it hadn't been for the loss to UNLV, they're 11-1-0. Got to gotta put a one-loss team at second. Uh, Iowa State, 17-2-1. Got to put a two-loss team with 17 wins. And number three, I get it. Um, UNLV, 14-3-0. What hurt them was those two um, frustrating and probably embarrassing to them losses at UCO where they just had uh, a miserable weekend. Uh, Then Liberty, 14-4-0, Adrian, 13-4-0, Central Oklahoma, 14-4-0, Indiana Tech, 13-2-0, Maryville jumps to 9-12-5-1, Missouri State, 14-6-0, Ohio, um, 13-7-2, Pittsburgh, 13-3-1, Stony Brook, 12-4-2, Illinois, 10-12-1. Okay, there's a team that's below 500, but... Um, here's the one that gets me. Why is Jamestown at number 15 when they have a, six, five and two record, they're one game over 500. They played a total of 13 games and Arizona right behind them at 16 is 12, five and zero. And my beef on that is that if we were talking about the tournament, uh, selection happening right now, um, Arizona state or Arizona might be out of the tournament to a team that, uh, is one game over 500. Arizona's 12-5-0. That's not a bad record, especially what they're up against in the competition that they play. So how in the world can you rank Jamestown ahead of them? I just don't get it. You tell me strength of schedule, tell me wins, tell me all this and that. You've only played 13 games. (laughs) Arizona's played 17. Come on. I mean, you just got to have some common sense too with these computers.
3: Well, and look at Illinois at uh, 10 12 and one they had been struggling but they've actually actually they had a really good weekend they actually beat Missouri State at home a couple of games so that probably helped uh, jump, although they were 16 before now they've moved up a couple of spots so uh, they had a pretty good good weekend uh, against Missouri State so um, you, you, you know get and, my
2: point though you see what I'm saying yeah Six, and, five and, and two does not match up against 12 5 and L sorry and, and it's a WCHL versus an independent.
3: Well, and how about, and how about Utah six, seven, and three they are they're at number 20. And then, but the, the big, one of the big scratch head scratches is that Arizona state, it's five ten and oh, they've really have been struggling to win some games. And uh, they're, they're still hanging on at number 24, but it does remind me of a couple of years ago when UNLV kind of went on a little bit of a losing streak and they were still able to kind of hang around the top 25. And then they had their great second half run and, and had we had the tournament, they would have been in. But it, yeah, I guess well, it's, I don't know. I guess it's a matter of who you're playing. If you keep it close, if you if you win close, uh, if you lose badly, I mean, those all factor in because again, it talks
2: a lot of it has to do with with math. So I know, but my point being is, uh, okay, you have a bad bad run. Whatever your Arizona State, you're at 24. I got no problem with being at 24 because currently you're out of the national tournament. Um, you'd have to go on a streak to uh, to go up. I get it. Utah, right on the line. They're they're under five hundred, so I get it. Uh, they've got to go on a streak. They're number twenty. They're currently out of the tournament as we know it with the auto bids. So uh, my 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 question in this thing is like, how can a six five and two team? I don't care who you played. You haven't played enough games yet. You got to get double digits wins at this point. If you look at every other team in the top nineteen. They all have double-digit wi- victories. Excuse me. They all have double-digit victories on the year. So, well, well, James may have played a lot of tough games and, and had tough losses and whatever. You got to move them to twenty until they've they've got at least double-digit wins because it's not fair to Arizona, Niagara, Michigan, Dearborn, and Aquinas uh, to be below them uh, when they've played more games and earned more wins. Period.
3: Yeah, well, I mean... <laughs> <laughs>
2: you, you, you don't know where to go from there, do you? <laughs> well,
3: I mean, what do you want me... I mean, your point is well taken. And I, you know, the, I, I just, you know, I guess... It, I mean, I haven't really followed too much about what Jamestown's been doing, so I, I don't... I mean, I know they play My, My not State a lot because of the, the proximity there, so that probably factors into it because they play them a lot and maybe and maybe have been close with them in some games. I, I, I know that they play... I think they play Midnight. I know they play a lot of teams in that area, Um, you know, because of the the, the travels, you know, they can, it's easier for them to travel. Um, I know that they usually play fewer games. Minot State's kind of known for that too. They kind of, they don't play a ton of games because they're not in a conference so they don't have to abide by a conference schedule. So they, they have a little bit more flexibility. Um, You know, some teams do more games and some decide to do less. And for Jamestown, I guess they figure less is more. So, and it it seems to work for them because they're six five and two and they're and they're right there in the middle, uh, you know, fifteen. So um, doesn't work for everybody, but you know, for Jamestown, it it seems to to work. But
2: um, yeah, okay. Well, my point, my point, and I'm going to stay in this soapbox until forever is that if you don't have double digit wins by now, you cannot be ahead of people that have double digit wins. Period. I don't care. I I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. It looks ridiculous, and it makes you look as a uh, organization. Ridiculous. Does it not
3: even matter if, if how, uh, who you're beating? I mean, if, if you're, no, it does
2: not until until you've beaten them enough times to get double digit wins by the end of the first semester, you don't deserve to be uh, ahead of teams that have gotten double digit wins. Um, anyway, that's my point. Let's take one quick break. Let's come back and let's visit with the head coach from the university of Arizona, Chad Berman in two minutes.
0: Your hometown
4: hockey team. Your Western Collegiate Hockey League champions. Your Arizona Wildcats. Tickets for Arizona hockey are now on sale. Support your Wildcats as they battle ASU for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team. Your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791
1: 4101 for tickets now. Broadcasting
0: from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly.
2: All right. Welcome back in, hockey fans. Indeed, it is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. A raspy Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh up in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, where it's only going to be beautiful for about another eight hours till the rain starts falling and the cold weather sets in. (laughs) That's right. That's right. But... We shouldn't but, complain, though, because the, uh, don't, the uh, complain. Don't, don't complain, don't complain,
3: it's not fun, <laughs> because we here's what I, I tell people a lot about the weather. You know, it's it's we we complain when it's hot and we say, oh, we want it to be cooler. Oh, man, we wish we need the rain. We really need the rain. Right. And and we really do need the rain in this area of the, of the country for sure. But then when it when we see rains coming, we kind of like, oh, it's going to rain. And we're not and we kind of don't look forward to it because we think, oh, we might have to drive in it. You know, we're going to have to wear an umbrella out. We might, you know, we have to be careful this and that. And, you know, and it's like just embrace it, my friend. Embrace it. So I'm going to go out tomorrow and I'm just going to stand out of the rain and just let it
2: fall right on me. I love it. speaking of embracing things, I played that. ad. Ah, nice segue there. Nice segue there. Uh, Yeah, because I played that ad for the University of Arizona, because if uh, if anybody could appreciate the fact and the hard work of one Chad Berman, uh, it would be the late Tim Gasson. Uh, I, I'm sure that he was smiling down on Friday as the big announcement was made. So let's wait no longer. Let's bring on that head coach, Chad Berman from the University of Arizona. Coach, uh, thanks for joining us. Um, I apologize deeply for uh, my illness and my unable to give you the uh, – the. Uh, I don't know what the right word is, the accolades that you deserve this past weekend. But congratulations on a sweep, and congratulations on the new building. Congratulations on the Jeremy Colts jersey going up. Where in the world do you want to start tonight, Coach? Well, I
4: think we should – thank you. And I think we should start with, you know, it's not raining in the casinos. In fact, every time I'm in those casinos, it's blue skies and perfect lighting. So (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about when I'm there.
2: (laughs) Well said. Well said, my friend. Uh, I had the opportunity, thanks to your uh, invitation, to, uh, to be a part of the, uh, the event on Friday. I thought it was very well done. I thought it was very professional. I thought the turnout was fantastic. Um, I thought the support from the University of Arizona for your program and this beautiful new uh, uh, complex um, it is going to be and was unbelievable. Your thoughts now that you can look back at it? Uh,
4: yeah, I mean, very surreal. Obviously, this doesn't happen overnight, so this has been something that's been going on for months and years and been um, dreamed about long before my time. Um, but certainly um, an exciting, uh, you know, just a lot of emotions go, go into a moment like that when it finally happens. Because I didn't really let myself um, believe it fully until you know the ribbon was cut or you know the official announcement was made just because there's always been conversations there could be setbacks and you, you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself um and then on top of it we're you know we had signed nda so i'm sitting on this just unbelievable news uh, that i want to show to the moon um you know, i know how excited excited would make a lot of people so it was uh it was an interesting process uh certainly an inspiring an exciting press conference to be a part of um Uh, I'm usually pretty comfortable speaking publicly, but when you've got the president of the university sitting in the front row, that adds a little (laughs) layer to it. So, um, My first 15 seconds were a stumble, and then I remembered this is a great thing, so it was a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, I can. Uh, Steven's going to jump here with questions. I know he's got a bunch for you as well. But um, I just want to say, you know, for people that don't know and maybe are listening now, you and I met seven years ago, whatever. Uh, you were just taking over that program. And we sat in that very building and you brought that up that day that that we had conversations. And uh, I can say right now, Chad, uh, wholeheartedly back then, I knew that this was going to happen. I didn't know when. But I knew your drive. I knew what you wanted to accomplish. I think uh, Troy Vaughn coming on was a was a major uh, asset uh, to building this part of the program. And uh, it just makes sense all the way around. And I'm just so happy for you guys. Oh, yeah.
4: Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, I, uh, I, I really, for whatever reason, I just really enjoy proving people wrong. And believe me, I'm a very small piece of the process. Um, a lot of people behind the scenes, this doesn't happen, Um, but I do enjoy proving people wrong and I did at one time have somebody sit me down and tell me, stop chasing the pipe dream of a brand new arena and talking about national championships, so I guess we've chalked one off the list, Um, but certainly the next one to be just as difficult to pull off of it, but um, you know, it was just um, didn't really, really hit me, honestly. It's, it's had little moments and ways, but it didn't solidly hit me to the point or it got me emotional on the Saturday um, gathering. So on Friday, we did the big press conference, and that was exciting because I could finally just let it be known and stop hiding this awesome thing in the back of our mind. Um, and this Saturday, we had our alumni do, this, do the same presentation, we had our alumni in the building, we had uh, a few hockey people in the area, uh, our season ticket holders were there. And that's when it hit me really hard. And I got emotional uh, just listening to Troy and um even Shane got up and spoke and Gulsey said a few words. Um, and I think the reason is because that is what it's about. We had people in that room that I understand what it meant to them. I understood like I thought a son be hockey here in Tucson. I know what they go through just to have a lot of their kids to play hockey, whether it be commuting with Phoenix. I know families who have, frankly, moved to Phoenix um, just to accommodate their kids uh, because it became too much. um, And to know that we can provide that here in Tucson. Like I said at the press conference, who's to say the next Austin Matthews can't come out of Tucson, Arizona now? And that's what it's about, providing opportunity, experiences, and memories for kids. And uh, this is going to affect so much the youth hockey, the adult hockey, figure skating, adaptive sports, and of course, the University of Arizona, um, you know, we're excited to be the brand drive of this whole thing, um, you know, that we don't take that responsibility lightly, and, you know, to me, that's only further augments the platform we have to do more, and by that, I mean, you know, we've been recognized four times for our community service work the last uh, five years nationally by the ACHA. And this is only going to give us more assets, more platform, more voice. Um, you know, and and that is what excites me. And I could talk for hours about that. And, you know, brings together bring, you know, this uh, foundation that wants to bring inner city kids up and help them pay for,
1: it, eliminate the gap between. I just think that's an incredible idea.
4: Um, that's very inclusive, and in everything we stand for as an organization. Because, um, you know, hockey's not like basketball, where you can have a pair of shoes and a ball and go down the street or play baseball, go down the road with a, with a mitt. You know, you've got to have a bunch of equipment. The ice time's expensive. you got to have more people who are willing to use the ice to make it to justify the cost. Um, so to find a solution to that, like I've never heard before, it only further solidifies to me. Not only is this project going to be massive, but I'm really proud of the people we're working with to make it happen.
2: Okay, one final thing, and then I'll let Stephen jump in and ask you some particulars about this uh, complex. But, um, you know, I, I've seen Arizona hockey from way back in the Ice Cat days. When, when I was growing up in Minnesota, uh, I can remember them traveling to play uh, North Dakota State and the battle for championships. And and I remember the pictures of 6,000 people packing the TCC. So uh, I envision that, Chad, uh, again, I, I think – when there's a building to call their own um, and uh, your team continues to roll like it's been over the past, you know, five years, I just really think that that the numbers are going to be astonishing uh, not only to uh, the outside world, but also to the university of Arizona. When you're able to say, this is what we've put together for you guys. What do you think? Am I right on that?
4: Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, I'm the last guy to get into economics with you, but certainly the supply and demand was a difficult challenge for us. When you have, you know, almost 7,000 seats in an arena, um, you know, we average 900 walk up to a game. Cause everybody knows you don't have to get a ticket in advance um, because you can walk up and, and on college scene with a lot going on in town, um, it's too easy as you know, to find other things to do. And, and it's been a, a you know, part of the challenge of, uh, of bringing out fans and stuff like that. But, Um, when you have it at a good spot at about, you know, we're going to have 3000 seats, including the restaurant with a glass pane that's going to lift up and a patio that goes out. It's going to be incredible. Um, When you have that kind of number um, and as the demand goes up and and the leverage on the limited amount of tickets goes up, it's going to help us to hopefully sell more in advance, um, get people there early and and really just, I I did find myself like Saturday's environment, Friday and Saturday were great, great crowds this weekend. We almost doubled last year's uh, weekend attendance numbers and, Obviously, Galt's weekend added a lot to that. And we had a big mission turnout, um, but I, I did find myself sitting there with about 3,500 people in the building and being like, "Can you imagine this in that new building in the tighter confinement?" Um, and I'm also also hopeful that the publicity that this, uh, projects um, will get people excited. Now, I mean, we my goal has been to sell out the TCC at some point. Why can't we make that happen with these last two years, especially with the news of this? going away and you know eventually we're going to have a very last game at the tcc most likely against arizona state i don't see any reason why we couldn't sell at a game like that
2: okay steven dig into that uh, new iceplex. okay so
3: so chad let me ask you more about what so tell us a little bit about exactly what this uh building's gonna tell you kind of touched on a couple of the elements of it of course the, the ice rinks of course you guys will have a A primary rink as well, but there's so much more to this building So maybe just kind of give us a cliff notes version of exactly what what this new uh, this new place is gonna gonna have It sounds like it's gonna have quite a quite a a good thing a a mixture of the different
4: things Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Well, it's gonna be first of all. It's gonna be three sheets of ice two of them being um, You know a couple hundred seats in there for youth hockey and stuff like that And then the third sheet will be for us uh, with the 3,000 seats Um, the multiple sheets of ice you know hopefully that opens up the opportunity for us as as us as an organization to look into potentially hosting a national tournament for the ACHA here Um, one thing we definitely would like to do because you know you can't get that all the time uh, is we'd like to start hosting a showcase out here similar like what what you guys just attended there in Chicago and congratulations on those three incredible wins that's a very impressive weekend Uh, but that gives us the ability to do that kind of stuff and um, to work with the youth leagues more and, and, and um, you know, to, we are looking at adding a second men's team and a women's team, um, you know, with three sheets going on, there's different things we can do with that. Um, I'd love to have a second team working on the other side. So maybe our power play goes against their penalty kill and vice versa at points. There's things different, just different assets that you're, that you're able to work with. But in the back hallway, it's just, it's very impressive. It was a fun process of kind of, you know, the pick and choose the things that, you know, or request the things you would like to have, and the first thing is you go in the guy's locker room, along the right side, they're going to have a dry room and a wet room, meaning uh, they can take off their clothes, their suits, and stuff like that, uh, store it away in a a little locker room area, and then they go around to their actual locker room where their hockey equipment is, and things like that, it's a nice big space, Um, and then if you go out the door, right to the right, one of my favorite features of this, anybody who's played for me or been around me knows I'm a film junkie. And so I'd requested is if it's possible, I would love to have a stadium seating seating film room. And it sounds like we're going to be able to deliver on that. Um, And so we're going to have just an amazing little projector up there and a a nice little setup for film. Um, That's something I want all the programs here to utilize the men's team, the women's team. Um, That could be a great asset to us growing as a program. We don't just want a second team. We want a great program. We want them to be highly competitive. We want a women's team that's going to be highly competitive. And so um, having those assets are huge. Then you go down the hall, you've got the second men's, second team locker room, the women's locker room, um, the coach's office. We're going to have a big medical room back there, uh, a full uh, laundry room uh, with a big old washer and dryer. So I'll be able to further improve the experience here for our boys and have, you know, laundry cleaned up and ready every day, and um, hopefully this allows us also to expand and hire equipment manager to take care of those things, and um, just kind of a fun playground of things we just haven't had. Uh, and then it sets up to where both teams come out from behind the uh, the bench and come out to an open facility, which should be a very rowdy, rowdy environment. Uh, and certainly looking forward to the day we get to experience that.
3: Okay, I want to touch. I want to follow up on a couple of things. One, um, this new place will. And I think at the beginning, how much are you looking forward to being able to have a, a a solid place where you can practice, especially early in the season, where you don't have to travel two hours or every day to practice. I'm sure that's going to help too. And then the second part of that you mentioned having all those uh, a lot of, uh washer and dryer and all that, and and getting an equipment manager because I've seen you when you come to Vegas and stuff. You you guys are you guys have to handle all the stuff yourself. It's you're grabbing the the boards and the water bottles and stuff, and and uh, and so the players are doing that and. And and I'm sure that would be nice to be able to have, be able to put a lot of resources into having somebody that can do all that, so you you guys can focus more on just the action on the ice.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we'll, we've kind of looked at it as we'll do the things we have to do so that we do the things we want to do. So whatever it takes has always been kind of the motto behind the scenes for this program, and I'm pretty proud of us making the most of our situation. Um, I think there's two there's two gaps in the in the season that are very difficult, have been very difficult for us. Uh, the beginning of the season, oftentimes the ice isn't in. So, you know, I, geez, John Hogan this year at Maryville, I think they had four or five, maybe six games in before we'd even had a practice, um, and that's crazy. And, and then even if we're going to practice, that's an hour and a half, two hour trip. That's one way, we gotta be there an hour early. If you're gonna go that far, you better book two hours, and then you got another hour back after hour and a half, two hour back after they get undressed. Um, and as much as much as you'd like to say, hey, money's not the issue. You know that's expensive. That's a thousand dollars a day a bus. Um, you know, food, all that. Uh, and ice time, especially out here in Arizona, it starts to add up. And then on top of that, you, you have to. You know, really, what I learned early is you can't just say, well, whatever, we'll deal with it. We're going to go up there four or five days a week. That doesn't help with morale. That doesn't help uh, with academics. Um, it's that's not that easy. That takes a toll on guys. You have to pick your spots with. Uh, uh, an approach of balance. And so um, I would say half of the challenge of this job for me was trying to really figure out that balance. And it uh, didn't always go the way I would have predicted it did, Uh, but you get a feel for it. You figure it out. This is just a different environment of coaching. There's things I can and can't do here like a normal team. And I'm not going to sit here and make excuses. Uh, We're just going to maximize what we can control and, and maximize what we can do. Uh, so there's that and obviously the gym show when that comes into town that's pretty much the king so for three three and a half weeks that comes out in february um, which is about when you're trying to start peaking you know for the national tournament so it's not like it's a very convenient time of year Um, and we've got to manage that we've got to uh, pick and choose when we can go up and practice and how do we schedule around this Um, you know we're going to be flying to might not State this year, um, that's going to add to our travel in between proxy going up. That's going to be a challenge for us. Um, but I am very proud to say, look, this isn't something we talk about because it's not worth talking about at the end of the day. Nobody cares until, you know, nobody cares about any of it um, other than what's the final score that gets flashed up on Twitter. It's kind of the way I've always approached it. That's all people care about. Um, there is no asterisk. There is no explanation. You just have to find a way. And so I'm really proud of my guys uh, for dealing with these elements and making the most of it. Uh, you know to be back-to-back conference champs with this thing's going on um it's uh it's pretty incredible to see what these kids can do so um certainly exciting um frustrating is nobody's fault it's just something we've had to deal with it and it wouldn't you know we wouldn't deal with it if it wasn't worth it to play in front of our crowd at tcc and the, the things we do are afforded there and the opportunity to experience these guys get a second to none in the country um you know it's all part of it and uh but certainly not having to do that, be able to practice early, have an actual training camp, but try out at our home building, uh, to have a training camp that builds up towards ice time. Um, you know, all these things are just going to be, uh, a, a tremendous luxury and not, uh, not so frightening on the old coach early in the season and stressed out about how we're going <laughs> to, how we're going to pull it together when we haven't been on the ice and how we can fake it for the first four games or so, you know? So, um, certainly, uh, it's huge for our program and we're excited about the opportunity.
2: Yeah. Well said. Um, I, I know the, the next phase in this is uh, getting things started, um, getting things you know on the rise and then, and then you have a huge job to do. You've got to start trying to figure out who's going to coach these teams and who's going to be your equipment manager and, and all these things that go down the road. And um, so without putting the cart before the horse, do, do you need to get revenue coming in uh, before you can start acting on that? Or are you able to act on some of those things over the next year or two as, uh, as you wait for the construction to complete? And uh, let's start right from the very beginning. When does construction officially start? Do you know yet?
4: Yeah, I, I would say – I would use the word we need to generate revenue. I'm, I'm certain we'd like to. And I think if any business that you're starting or transitioning, um, you know, the more liquidity, the better. Uh, we are you know in a transition phase the next couple years it's going to be a challenge for us and so we are launching a fundraiser uh, to get annual giving um, from our alumni from parents from donors from anybody who's willing to kind of help us bridge this process and start that i know joel hoff touched on it a bit in the uh, second meeting we had Um, and we're lucky to have joel chairing that those efforts and Um, You know, there's still going to be need for those things to get going. So certainly we we do need to get uh, the financials under our belt here uh, so that we have an idea of what we can do because we have projections, but you don't know if those numbers actually look like until they come through. Um, But in order to certainly staff this thing, it's going to be a big project uh, that's going to involve a lot of things, marketing and equipment manager. and geez, I dare say an assistant coach and stuff like that. I was just going to say, uh, <laughs> are you, you going to get
2: an assistant coach at the same yeah. time? you oh, well, joking, this is going to happen? Oh, Santa Claus, say Hogan. it's not so. I
4: was joking with John Hogan. I said, I don't even know if I would know what to do in an assistant coach anymore. I've become too power hungry. It's not going to be <laughs> under my control at this point. I don't know if I can relinquish such, such control, but um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot we can do that's only going to make our program better and represent our u- university bigger. Um, you know, Those are the fun things. We we really probably need to start with an org chart, get that moving. But there's a lot of conversations, and now we're excited to move on to the next phase and say, okay, now it's time to start uh, taking action, planning ahead, um, making sure we've got everything uh, lined up. And what do we need? What do we want it to look like? How do we stop this thing? And how do we do this the right way to make sure that uh, all these people who have stuck their neck out on a line to make sure that something this special happens that they know unequivocally that that was worth every moment of their time?
2: So when do shovels go in the ground? Do you know that yet?
4: I want to say mid to late summer. Uh, There's an 18-month delay in steel manufacturing, which has been a major issue, Um, and added a little pushback on the date, but I do believe it's like mid to late summer.
2: Okay, and the other thing I might suggest is sell merchandise until you can't sell it anymore.
4: (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, and that's the other thing I didn't even mention. It's like we're going to have a pro shop. I know that sounds like having a cool closet in the house, like, oh, okay, cool, neat. But it is a big deal. These kids can't even get a skate sharpening in Tucson right now, right? Uh, Can't get a stick if you need some tape. Um, You know, it's like that is going to be such an impactful thing for the parents just to know that they can get those things here and that we'll be able to sell our merchandise and our brand and further um, strengthen that and, um, you know, hopefully we lead on to other big things, youth hockey or whatever we, we can do with that to help broaden and make an impact in the
2: community. Yeah, for sure. Steven, jump in.
3: Okay, so let me ask. So we, we know that this is a, a few years down the road, but obviously you, you, you can build on it from until now. But what was the um, the level of excitement around the, the current team? Because these guys that are playing now and even some that are coming in, I guess some that are on your team now probably won't. Be around when this is finished. It's still a few years away, but right. they have to be excited now that they're going to be a part of something that they can. They see a tangible future, and it, you're going to have a building of your own. So, what's the what's the level of excitement around your, the current uh, edition of the Wildcats, and, and and what they can contribute to, and, and know that they can build help build this program when they're ready to move into your new place? Well,
4: certainly, um, you know the current guys. The current players have now in the last handful of years have laid the foundation for this to be possible you know like you have to be an appealing product for people who want to invest in you and that doesn't happen without the groundwork of those who have, who have put in the work here in the last handful of years so uh, obviously they're a bit uh you know jealous and wish that they could be a part of that and skate on it um some of my youngest guys are i think looking into home mac and other ways to to maybe be get a doctorate and stay as long as possible Uh, You know, so there's a little bit of that going on. Um, It's, uh, I think the prevailing theme, though, is collectively everybody understands how much this means, not just to our team, but the community, and they're certainly excited for the community, and knowing that they're going to be alumni someday, they're going to come back, and that we're going to have an amazing setup home and celebration place for them to come back and reflect on the game. We're going to bring the banners over, Um, we'll be able to start new traditions, I'd like to start a Hall of Fame here, Um, you know, and that's... That's where the, the fun in all this is, is you start thinking about all these limitations you had in your mind before that are that are lifted, uh, and now you just start spitballing out of nowhere different things you can do. It, uh, it could be a very fun process for sure.
2: Coach, I, I think when I drove in on Friday, I, I drove in past the Kino Sports Complex where this is going to all take place, and I drove to the campus. If I'm not wrong, it's about four and a half miles. Am I close?
4: Yeah, that's about right, Yep. Yeah.
2: So that being said, um, it's really not far from campus, is it?
4: No, I mean, we're about a mile off now, so it's not that big a difference. And I think the part you have to understand is going going the four miles to go park there compared to having to go into downtown and dealing with all that, um, I think that'll balance out pretty good. It'll be a lot easier for families to come in and out. Um, you know, we control the parking, you know, but we're not even sure we want to even charge parking. We want to make this um, as convenient and as family friendly um, and affordable and as exciting as possible, and that's what makes it such a unique product here in Tucson. Um, but yeah, I mean having it that allows us to do more things like you know alcohol sales because it's off campus and different things like that that we can capitalize on. Uh, there is a front plaza there to the uh, arena that is also going to give us options. Um, you know, one of the things we've added around is uh, how can we keep things local? How can we support local? Well, I'd love to have a bunch of food trucks out there um, in an area so that we're getting a variety of foods and a little beer garden, uh, a touch of Tucson, and we're introducing new businesses to the to people that are coming to our games with our market. We can, um, you know, reach out and help support others uh, along the way. Cause to me, this is a celebration of Tucson, not just wildcat hockey.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I got to get one more in Stephen. If you've got another one, uh, save it for just a second. But, uh, let, let's talk about where we're at right now, Coach. It's the end of the semester. There's only two series left in the WCHL this year. It's uh, up in Steven's neck of the woods with uh, Arizona State going to UNLV and then the uh, Oklahoma rivalry series. But you stand at 12-5-0. I- I'm sure you'd like to be a- ahead of that. But uh, satisfied right now as, uh, as to where you are with, with health and everything uh, going into the semester break?
4: Um, I don't know that I'm capable of being satisfied ever. Uh, I'm I'm very proud of the turnaround my group had. I mean, I just listed how it's how hard it can be to start a season here. Um, then you add to it COVID. Like, and the thing that I don't think most people realize, like, is it a coincidence or does it help? It have anything to do with the fact that you know that most state's leading our conference and they were the team that played last year? Did that help them? You know, I don't know. I just know that most teams didn't play last year, but most teams that didn't play had ice. We didn't even have ice put in. Um, So this isn't 600 days from a game. This is a lot of these guys didn't, weren't even able to get on the ice a lot during the year last year. And I think that added a little bit to our challenge. Um, And then, you know, you start the weekend uh, on the road uh, in elevation in Utah on an Olympic sheet against a team that's very much improved. It was a significant challenge and we paid for that challenge to start the season uh, by big, by getting swept by uh, a good Utah team there, um, and I racked my brain. How could we have done anything differently? I, I don't know, you know, if you could, on top of having limited ice, you have COVID situations. Um, it was a brand-new challenge, for sure, that I'd never faced before, <laughs> um, and it was a frustrating start. Um, I quite honestly – some of our older guys seem to have struggled with it the most, and – um, they are just now, like in the last two weeks, like you're starting to see Koo score more now. Um, you're just starting to see guys kind of get their legs under them and get, a, get out of that rusty shell they've been in. Uh, so we feel in a lot of ways we've come into our own. Um, I think the reality of our team is culturally speaking, I, I could not say enough great things about each 29 uh, players that are in my locker room. I have never had a better group of guys. That's not to say the last groups weren't good. Um, I just really, really love this group of people. It's an exceptional bunch. Um, I, I, I truly believe we won against ASU last weekend on Saturday just on culture alone. That was a tough battle, and we found a way. And I think that's a good example of what culture can do for you in those tough moments. Um, I couldn't. I mean, we just have a great makeup. It's a great group of guys. Everybody's bought in. Everybody's willing to make sacrifices. This is not a team partying on the road. This is not a team who's even partying within 72 hours. Of a home game because we're committed to to time and place and to taking care of what we want to do. And these kids, you guys, care about what we're doing. Uh, They want to be a part of something bigger than themselves, and that's what makes it so much fun to work with a group like that. I mean, you can lose proudly with a group like this. Uh, Not saying that we're struggling offensively; we haven't gotten, we haven't been clicking on all cylinders. Um, But as a team, you have to find a way to win and overcome when you're you're not great in one area. You have to be better in another. Um, And we've been leaning on our goaltending. We've been leaning on our defense. Um, You know, we're on a nine-game winning streak right now. And it's the stats within those nine that shows that we've learned how to win a different way right now. So for nine games, we have not given up uh, more than two goals. Uh, And I believe only one time we've given up more than 25 shots. Um, That's a team that's learning, look, we're not scoring at a high level. We have to play differently. Um, And it takes a a really strong group to, to acknowledge that and make that kind of change. They've all bought in and committed to it. Um, And, you know, hopefully we can uh, figure out how to click uh, click and and get things going smoother offensively or just executing. It's uh, just we've had a hard time executing for whatever reason. But if that comes along and you can have a foundation of defense and goaltending like we have, we feel like we could be a very dangerous team down the stretch. Um, and we're also very aware of how difficult our schedule is about to get here down the stretch. It's uh, big games every single week and all the way down, but that should be great preparation for the national tournament. Well, but,
2: that, that that's
3: what I, I wanted. See. That's that's where I was kind of going to go with from for my last question is. So you have the semester break now. You, you you're going to have the you know kids will go home for Christmas and all that stuff. But then when you come back, it you go right back into it. You go right into the gauntlet. So you got you got Minot State to start off. Uh, that's a challenge, I'm sure, because you going to – Everybody's coming back. They've had the Christmas break. Maybe it's not skiing as much. you got to get the team back together, practice, and then prepare for Minot State right off the bat in your building. So let's let's kind of look ahead to the second half, quote-unquote second half, I mean, after the semester break. Minot State to start off with. How, how much of a challenge will that be when you guys come back from the break?
4: It's a challenge my guys haven't seen in several years, to be honest with you. Um, it's the reason we want to schedule um, a team of this magnitude. Um... You know, when COVID happened, half the reason I was so excited to get this team in the national tournament is I wanted them to understand and see what top five, you know, actually looked like. We felt like we had a team that could, uh, you know, make a run and challenge those teams. And I know my team was feeling good, two conference championships, but in some ways I knew in the back of my mind, they needed to understand there's a much different step to that top five. So. I think one of the more painful parts of not only not being able to participate, see your seniors finish that season, is I didn't get my younger guys to see and experience what that's actually going to be like. So we want to play teams of that quality. Um, we need to learn how to win those games if we're going to make the kind of runs we want to make in the national tournament. So you got to you got to go. you got to make a flight down there. you got to be willing to travel. you got to be willing to do those things. And, um, it's the kind of opponent, quite frankly, that in a good way scares the heck out of you. Um, it, it should scare us into preparing in the right way. Um, Wyatt's a, a really good coach. I've known him for a while. He, he's a really smart guy, very prepared, very structured. Obviously, they got a ton of talent. It's a group that knows how to win over there. Uh, just watching them tonight, against no, um, you know, just top to bottom, just quality players. And, and what stands out to me when you watch them is just how powerful they are at skating. Um, it, it's a it's a significant challenge, but one we're looking forward to because we want the test. Um, you know, and so we typically don't come back after break until after January. Um, I think we all collectively decided this, the importance of this weekend and starting the semester the right way was too important. So our guys will be back here a couple of days after Christmas. Um, and not one kid's complaint, I guarantee you some would have in the past. Um, but everybody's more excited, more focused on the things we can do than the sacrifices it takes to accomplish that. When you have a group that believes in that, I really believe it's, uh, it's limitless, um. Um, and so then after Minot State, we, we do go to Grand Canyon for a one game, or I think it's like a Thursday night. Um, that team always gets up for us. They play us very hard. They've had our numbers, so to speak, in a, in a lot of ways, um, especially in their building. It's a very difficult building to play. It's just, a, I don't know how to explain it. It's like a tight bay box with a lot of noise. It just uh, feels like chaos in there every single time. Um, so we're going to have a challenge there. Uh, then we come back with UNLV in our building. Obviously, they've been on a roll. They're playing great hockey right now. They, they're always great games with them. Uh, and uh, so those are going to be two battles there that that uh, that stand out in mind. Um, and then we, I believe we head to, then we get on a plane and head up to Minot State to play uh, up there in North Dakota. And then we wrap it up again with ASU. So I don't see a sleeper in the bunch. We better be ready each game. We're going to be tested each game, but also... I'm not one of those coaches going to sit here and whine about the rankings, what we should be and think we should be and who we think we're better than. At the end of the day, if we want to move up, we better win. And there's plenty of good ranked teams there um, for us to put our money where our mouth is. So it's going to be up to us. We control our destiny. And that's the way we prefer it.
2: You know, you, uh, you leave the whining to the rankings to me coach because I'm really good at that (laughs) 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 and and I'm gonna finish it up I know you can't say anything but uh, I looked down the the rankings today and I, I I was going like okay double digit wins along the way maybe some single digit you know like one loss two loss three loss I get it that's the way it goes together then all of a sudden I get to 15 and I go okay uh, and again, I'm not beating up Jamestown. What I'm saying is, if you have a six-five and two mark by my count, that's 13 games. Me doing math on the air. Uh, then I see you guys at 12-five and zero, oh, and I look at it and I go, they're independent. I know they play mine out a ton of times. I get it. I know you play in the WCHL. You're telling me that 12-five and zero oh doesn't put you ahead of six-five and two? Uh, <laughs> shush. I don't want to hear it. I just don't want to hear it because, uh, um, you know what? You, I, I've watched you guys play. Um, I, I'm going to take full credit for Cusinelli coming back because after we visited, he got <laughs> hot. So <laughs> so you're well, welcome. You come back. back. Uh, and and the final thing I want to ask you is in that new building, you still going to give me the key, to the, uh, the passcode to your locker room or am I shut out?
4: Oh yeah, you know, it. you're going to have to you might have to knock on the film room door to get me out of there, though. Um, yeah, I look forward to that day for sure. <laughs> Chad, thanks like, so- you know, you know Tim used to sleep in my office. I know he did. Double-handers. Yeah, yeah he would he cozy on up and sleep on the couch in there, which is not the nicest couch,
2: so. Uh, that's all going to change, my friend. That that couch yeah. will become much better. There'll be much more room, but Thank you for everything that you do for us. Uh, your support of us is is something that we'll always be grateful for, and we're going to continue to give you everything that we possibly can. Uh, uh, we look forward to seeing this thing grow. Uh, it's been a long time coming, but I knew it was coming, and a lot of people said, how did you know that? I said, I met a guy named Chad Berman. And, uh,
4: <laughs> we and once, talk
2: a bit. <laughs> yeah, well, once, once I met you, I knew that this was the start of something – Uh, that was going to be special for Tucson. I hope they all realize at the University of Arizona and that community, just how special you are. If they don't, uh, have them text me because I will definitely tell them.
4: (laughs) Well, I will make sure to post your number on social media then.
2: Please do that. Yeah.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you guys. And thank you for not only the coverage of our program, our conference, and our league. I I think the ACHA is just great hockey. It, It doesn't always get the recognition that it deserves. There's a lot of great players, great coaches. Great programs, great crowds and atmospheres. Uh, so we appreciate the support, coverage, um, and, you know, each one of us can collectively contribute to the growth of this thing, and let's watch it blossom.
2: You know what? Uh, from Chicago to Denver to Lindenwood to uh, uh, Colorado uh, State to uh, everywhere in between, Chad, everybody knows about your program. Everybody asked me about your program uh, they all want to know what's going on. Uh, as, as you and I talked about in Colorado, they, uh, uh, it's no surprise. When we start talking about uh, Arizona hockey and things coming on, people want to know. Uh, as you know, you got a few text messages. I got a ton of them. <laughs> they wanted to know what this was, and they're all excited for the uh, growth of hockey in Tucson, Arizona. Congratulations on everything. Uh, if I don't see before the holidays, which would be really bad on me, Uh, have a a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and best of luck as you start the new semester.
4: Same to you guys. Uh, Happy holidays and uh, thanks again.
2: All right. That's head coach of the University of Arizona, Chad Berman, joining us. Uh, Stephen and I will be back in about two minutes to wrap up another episode of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly.
0: I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the Fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's barbecue for lunch. Oh, that Fortress, that combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese surrounded by offensive of ribs.
1: UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today.
4: This is Adam Trunco, captain of the CU Bus the UNACHA hockey team, and you're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly.
0: Hey guys, Jared Erickson here, captain of the UNLV Skating Rebels, champions of the Chicago Classic Tournament, and you're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly.
2: Hi, I'm Hunter Cooley, captain of the Missouri State Ice Hockey Bears, and you're listening
0: to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly.
1: Hi, this is Alex King,
0: the captain of the University of Utah Utes. You're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly.
2: All right. In case you didn't know, this is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy with you from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh from uh, Las Vegas. Nevada. I'll leave the beautiful out for tonight, okay, Stephen?
3: <laughs> no, it's still beautiful. It's still Las Vegas. It's still it's still bright. The lights. You, you it's heard still... what
2: Coach Berman said. He's yeah. never been in a casino that wasn't beautiful.
3: Exactly. <laughs> well, then he may have. He may have not. He's may. He, he probably hasn't stepped inside Circus Circus any time in a long time. or <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: I get it. I get where we're at. Um, well, they're, okay. they're not a
3: sponsor of this show, so we we
2: can we can talk yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. We won't
3: and, say anything and, about. We'll say nice things about the statement. Caesar. Caesar's properties are are great and. And because uh, I know they're they partners with us, so no, and of course MGM and and MGM, the yeah. D and
2: everybody else, we'll go with that. Um, okay, let's get off that track. Uh, you know what it's like right now after we have a guest on. I heard something. You heard something. Your thoughts from uh, Coach Berman?
3: Well, you know, there's just so much excitement around this this news that that's happened, that's that's come out, and and they should be excited. It's it's you can see the the excitement for for coach Berman and just everything that now he can do to, to really bring this program to the next level. I mean, you know, as, as much as they adversity, they f- face with the, the situation that they have down there. And the fact that they've been as good as they are is really a testament to, to him and to the players he gets and, and what they're able to, to do on the ice. So now you're going to have your own place. You're going to have your own, you know, your own facility and you're going to be, you know, there'll be other things there, but you'll, you'll have first priority on, on of course, Iceland. They're going to have one of the ice rinks is going to be their, their home and they'll have all these other amenities and stuff. It, it's only going to really propel U of a hockey university of Arizona hockey to the, to the next level. And you can just kind of sense that and instead of just picking one particular thing, you can just kind of sense that. in in our conversation with him, um, you know, he, he was excited to talk about this and this and all this, this and, and everything that they were going to have. And, and, and that's, and that's what you want to, what you want to be. And, and, and how the players today can can be a contributing factor to this because a lot of them, of course, won't won't be on the team when the place is finished and is opened up, but how they can they can help continue to build the groundwork to to what they um, to the future of U of A and of course they'll as he mentioned they'll be alumni someday and they'll they'll have a nice place to come and, and be an alumni and, and watch and when they do alumni weekends in the future so um, kind of just overall the sense of excitement and you can you can hear it in him and. And just and what he was saying and, and how excited he was to talk about this building because it is a big deal and and they should be excited and it's going to be great for them it's going to be great for that area there in Arizona and Tucson I mean you're the Arizona guy so you you know more about the inside of, of that but but and, and you've been following them too so I'll let you jump in now okay
2: well well I, I got three things from it right first of all I liken it a lot to like uh, what UNLV's built. built um, because uh, when ZCon and uh, Anthony Raboni and uh, um, Anthony Vigneri Greener <laughs> yeah. and, and Nick Raboni. I know you're going. Yeah, to, yeah. I know I your head's thinking, a little stuffed up yeah, right it, now, so it's a mess. It's a mess. <laughs> so we'll okay. We'll, Anthony we'll Vigneri Greener, Nick Raboni. How about if I get it there, right? There you okay. go. Okay, and and uh, and uh, even Arturo back then when they started, uh, they were at the Ice Palace. Okay, it wasn't their home. It belonged to the junior team. They they were kind of. Uh, I remember scheduling games late night. You probably do this. Remember this too, where they had to schedule late night because that's the only time they get ice. Uh, games that start at eight thirty or whatever. Well, they um, have to,
3: and they have to kind of bounce. And I was before I started following them, but they they would have to bounce around. I think sometimes they'd be at yes. the, the yes. ice center. They would, or sometimes they'd have to be at the Sobe uh, uh, yes. facility there at the Rancho uh, Fiesta Rancho Casino. Dana was doing games on top of a scaffolding and the shaky thing <laughs> right.
2: when he was doing against. From what he tells of me, I didn't really see yeah, it. I I was there. I, I can attest. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, so my point being is, it seemed like a long way off for UNLV. And now look at them, right? They're putting together a, just a first-class uh, D one program that likens a lot of NCAA programs. And it's all happened over the last uh, five, six years. So when we're talking 2024 for U of A, it's 2021 now. So three years, you see U of A uh, in that type of situation. And I think they even get a step up in two folds over what UNLV has currently. Uh, Number one is the building's theirs. It's not not the uh, Golden Knights. Um, And and not that there's anything wrong with that because the Golden Knights have been great partners and I know City National is a fantastic place and they filled it. So I'm not saying anything bad about it, I'm just saying it's completely different when it's 3,000 seats that belong to you, all of the board advertising, all of the wall advertising, all of the ticket sales, all of the revenue from... You merchandise, get, concessions. The
3: ice time is, as you preferred, you know, the, the Golden Knights are the, uh, the the UNLV team at the beginning of their season. Yeah, they have their own locker room, but when training camp is going on for the Golden Knights, they use that locker room as, for some, some of the players. And the We know it as well. <laughs> so you, UNLV has to go in one of the, the auxiliary rooms in the back there when, when the season's going on. And then they finally, when the team is whittled down and the season starts for the NHL, then then they have their locker room for themselves. But.
2: Yeah, so, so that's still uh, going to be advantage U of A, I think. Um, and then the final thing of it is uh, UNLV does great drawing fans and drawing students, and uh, it, it's a haul from uh, UNLV campus up to City National. I mean, it's what ten miles?
3: Yeah, give or take. I mean, uh, UNLV is uh, right there, you know, by the strip and the airport, and in Summerlin. You know, it's about 15, 20 minutes from there, so it's it's a little bit of a, a trek for for students, especially that maybe are on campus that are spending time on campus, they have to get get to Summerlin, you know, and get to the get to City National for, for the games when, when they're there.
2: And maybe a lot of people don't know the, uh, the layout of Tucson, but I've driven it a couple times. I drove it most recently uh, a Friday when I came in, and it's four, four and a half miles from the campus down to the Kino Sports Complex. It's uh, a major four-lane road that gets you down there, but it doesn't take you through the heart of Tucson. Uh, so getting to and from this uh, facility from the campus is probably five minutes, uh, if that. Um, it, it's a very easy get. They're going to have all kinds of open parking. Um, they're going to have hotels on uh, on the facility. Um, if you're a visiting team, you're going to love it because your hotels, your restaurants, all are going to be right there, self-contained. Uh, they'll probably end up with a movie theater and different things that, that are attractions right where you're at. So uh, it's going to be a lot like City National, except it's going to be all branded U of A. So um, I, I think this is going to be uh, something that's going to be not only beneficial for the University of Arizona, but it's going to be beneficial for other uh, universities that want to look at a game plan as to how to do it for their program.
3: Yeah, that's a big part. Of it. I know Vegas is for other teams when they're going to come out this way, and uh, maybe it sounds they kind of dread coming out here because maybe there's distractions and stuff, but, but I know a lot of the, the, uh, the treatment that they get when they come out to Vegas and the fans and the intimate atmosphere that uh, other teams certainly always talk about when you talk to the visiting team and you know, they, they are excited to be there and they're looking forward to coming out here. It's going to be the the same in the future there of uh, in Tucson. And people are going to want to look forward to going down there and checking out that place and, and being a part of a game down there and against U of A and, and uh, yeah, so that's, it's, it's, it's it's good stuff coming. It's uh, three years down the road, but as you as you know, time will time will go fast and it will be here sooner than we know. and I know for Chad Berman, it couldn't come soon enough, but a lot of work to between now and then to get it all uh, up on the up built and you know to get to that point, but they'll be ready when when it opens up.
2: Okay, my final two things and I'll let you take it away is that uh, University of Mary also made the jump from D2 to D1 ACHA hockey. So that's another team in North Dakota. It's uh, at Bismarck. So you got Minot State. You got in Minot, obviously. You've got uh, U you, Mary in Bismarck, and now you have Jamestown in in Jamestown. So there's a little trifecta up there. I think that's going to be uh, a lot of games played. Um, or addition of games played. Yeah, that'll be good there. for
3: Jamestown. They can they can schedule some more games <laughs> on their schedule and and play U Mary a few times and not State a bunch of times. So they'll they'll have some more games. and not irritate time. me. And, and get the people like yourselves off their backs for only having double single digit wins and being number fifteen.
2: And again, I'm not taking. Let me let me clarify this one more time, folks. I'm not blaming Jamestown for what the deal is. What I'm saying is, uh, you have to move them down until they've played a quote unquote double digit number of games. At this point, once they've done that, I don't care how far you want to move them up. Your strength schedule, do whatever. But come on. It looks ridiculous when uh, the number fifteen team is six five and two, and the number sixteen team is twelve five and zero, and people that that don't follow the ACHA's closely but follow their teams now are going like, this makes no sense, and uh, they don't understand the computer rankings. Uh, I understand the computers do what they do, but come on, you got to use some logical sense. It's like use the computer, but but tell the computer a profile says if you don't have at least double digit wins by the end of the first semester, you can't be ranked. How about that? There you go. We'll close the book on that for now. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so basically uh, welcome to, uh, you Mary for joining, uh, one. They built a really good tradition up there very quickly as well. Uh, again, our welcome to, uh, Oregon and to uh, San Diego state. And I'm reaching out to them this week to see if we can bring them on next week, one or both, uh, to get a feel for where their plans are. Um, you know, San Diego State, obviously, much much closer to us. And then, uh, well, Oregon,
3: and Oregon, real quick, has had a t- kind of they've been kind of tasting the Division One waters a little bit. because yes. they've played some Division One teams already. They just finished up a series with uh, Utah, and of course, they've already played Arizona. They're going to be here in Vegas uh, later this season uh, in the new calendar year to to, to
2: play UNLV at the, in the end of UNLV season. So, um, and then so. the other final thing I want to throw out there: there's been a lot of talk with UCLA. Um, they're playing really well at the D2 level. I think they got to get to D1 pretty soon. And, uh, you know, who knows where all this might lead, Stephen. There might be, a, uh, uh, as my co-host on Tuesday and Sunday night said, a Pacific Coast conference, hockey conference for NCAA hockey, which would include uh, maybe UNLV, maybe uh, Arizona State, maybe Lindenwood, um, maybe San Diego State at some point. I mean, there's all kinds and, of things that are possible now. And, Maybe and,
3: and what I said was what's on the horizon for U of A, what, they can be in the conversation for, for that sort of uh, discussion.
2: They certainly can, and it's all going to be a numbers game from this point. Most people will tell you that uh, in NCAA sports, the major je- uh, revenue generators are football, basketball, ice hockey. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. And uh, those schools certainly have a good tradition with that, and – and uh, so it's th- those are the big big revenue drivers. Yep, football, basketball, and, and certainly hockey is becoming becoming
2: that too. All right, you take it away. Have a great weekend uh, up at uh, City National, and uh, let's close out the uh, first semester of ACHA hockey with a bang. And hopefully next uh, weekend or next week on our show, we can talk to uh, San Diego or Oregon and find their plans for the future and start looking ahead to uh, the second semester.
3: Okay, so real quick, uh, UNLV, as you mentioned, uh, playing this weekend against uh, Arizona State. A couple things to know about their series this weekend: they're gonna uh, they're gonna wear some Air Force jerseys uh, on uh, this weekend, or for Air Force Appreciation Night. I guess that's gonna be Saturday, or yeah, or maybe it's Friday night. But anyways, they're gonna they're gonna have that, so that'll be cool, and people can start uh, ox- uh, bidding on those. I guess Friday evening, and then another thing that they're gonna do is uh, on uh, Friday's game, they're gonna um, the g- portion of the they're going to accept donations for uh, Nathan Valencia, who was uh, unfortunately had uh, tragically uh, lost his life. And, uh, he was a student at UNLV, and they had a charity boxing match that Sigma Kappa fraternity put on, and and uh, he he ended up dying uh, as a result of that. So that was a
2: very, very tragic thing, and so UNLV. Yeah, tra- thank UNLV. you for bringing that up, Stephen, because that yeah. was uh, that was a tragic thing, and it' uh, great to see. As I said, UNLV always finds a way to involve the community.
3: And so they're going to uh, donate $2 for every Greek life student who attends Friday night's game against uh, Arizona state. And then uh, also there's going to be uh, for those that aren't Greek, part of Greek life there on campus, they can, uh, there'll be a donation box that fans can, uh, can donate to as well. And uh, like I said, that'll go to that a very tragic thing there, but UNLV again, hockey doing, doing
2: their part to, to help out. Well said, take it away, my friend. And we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein and the peacemakers.
3: From the Summer Skate Studios, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is brought to you by Boost Mobile. Whether it's new phone for yourself or child's first phone, go to boostmobile.com and click on the deals to find the phone that's right for you. Caesars Entertainment, wherever you're bound, there's bound to be a Caesars resort across the U.S. or worldwide. UNLV Hockey, play ACHA D1 Hockey in Hockey Mad Las Vegas. Go to RebelHockey.com and see if the bright lights and championship mindset is for you. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, 5611. South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, be it a loaded in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs. This is barbecue, Las Vegas style. My summer skates, just because the summer is gone doesn't mean we like our drinks to be warm. Get your personalized koozies and more. Visit the store page at IcetimeHockeySW.com. The University of Arizona, ACHA D1 Hockey, home of the two-time defending WCHL champions. By M-Drive, supplements to fuel your drive. Visit mdriveformen.com and refine your prime with M-Drive. And by Behind the Mask, in the net, up the ice, or in line, serving the Arizona hockey community and beyond since 1994, see us at behindthemask.com. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app ask Alexa to turn on your ithsw podcast club hockey southwest weekly is a part of the ice time hockey sw.com network and for you scott the main thing is that you get better hopefully when we're talking here next week we're doing the show you are better then than you are right now
2: i appreciate that my friend i will do my very best and uh, i think i'm in really good care with our uh, doctors here at banner university and um yeah i'll just uh, continue to do what they tell me and uh Hopefully be in much better shape this time next week. Good night, everybody. Have a good week, everyone.